Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables, part of the District of Wonders network. Featuring Tales to Terrify and Starship Sofa, Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, this is Far-Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number 187. We venture into 2018 with a tale called Penelope's Song, written by Samuel Mazzioli. Samuel is an Italian-Filipino writer of mostly dark fiction. His work has appeared in numerous publications and podcasts, including The Best of Apex Magazine 2016, Shock Totem, Orson Scott Card's Intergalactic Medicine Show and Pseudopod. For information about his current projects, visit his blog at marzioli.blogspot.com. Samuel's story is read by Margaret Essex, who lives the good life on a small piece of rural New South Wales, Australia, with an amazing man, a couple of pets, all the usual biting, stinging critters that make great horror stories for their visitors, as well as several rambunctious wombats. And now, let's hear Penelope's song. Penelope gazed through her bedroom window, mesmerised by the motion of the night. Flowers trembled, grass ruffled, and trees swayed, flailing their branches. The sight of it unsettled her. In fifteen years, she hadn't learnt much about the world, but she did know this. When the wind was absent like it was tonight... A garden wasn't supposed to move an inch. It could only mean one thing. The Nasher had returned. It had come on twelve occasions over the last few months. Each time, the wail of an ambulance followed where men in blue uniforms hustled covered gurneys out of sight. And each time, the neighbourhood around Penelope's group home became one voice quieter, one life poorer, and the nights that much less enchanting. But there was a quality about the Nasher that terrified her even more than the certainty of pain and loss, a sense 
that it didn't belong, that it was an intruder. She imagined it folding its spine in half, so that its two ends met and scuttling on hands and feet through the black line of the horizon, from darkness into the light of our world. No sooner had she thought of it than the sound of grinding teeth poured through her dirt-encrusted screen. The noise skirted along the perimeter of her house, pausing by each window, as if the Nasha were scrutinising the sleeping housemates within. Before it could draw nearer to Penelope's window, she sank to the floor, and with her back pressed into the wall, shielded her eyes with her hands. Had it seen her? She didn't know for sure. But by the way it passed her, without a change in the cadence of its grinding, she had to guess it hadn't. It retreated beyond the distant corner of the yard, towards her neighbours' homes. Only then did she feel safe enough to scramble for the underside of her table. Somewhere in the distance, the Nasher grunted curiously. Any moment now, it would find a new victim, and its grinding would transform into an elated clack. Penelope wished she could stop it, but she didn't have the strength or temerity to fight it off. Shouting a warning wasn't an option either. The mental haze that had trapped her words away since childhood allowed only an incoherent mumble. And so she squinched within the safety of her hiding place, counting down the seconds, her heart thumping in sync with the ticking of her wall clock. She cried, low at first, and then harder, louder, as the months of pent-up guilt and anger churned the contents of her stomach, her insides bloated, full and round. The sensation slid fat as a bowling ball into her chest and exploded from her mouth. Not as the vomit she expected, but as a discordant sound, a single riotous note. I hear you, little song bird, the Nasha said between laboured breaths, its voice pained, almost peevish. A vicious crack, like alligator jaws snapping shut, and the peal of grinding teeth trailed off, like the Nasha had left as if it had fled back into the black line of the horizon. The very idea that it had been scared off left Penelope stunned and silent. Hours passed before she even thought to leave the underside of the table. With a quick glance out of the window to ensure it had truly gone, she climbed into bed and fell into a deep and lasting sleep. Penelope opened her eyes to find old woman stooped and pacing, 
picking through the worst of the bedroom's disarray. Old women shoved picture books onto their shelves, dropped scattered toys back into their storage box, stowed dirty clothes inside the hamper, and propped Penelope's favourite teddy bear, which had been set beside the door to guard against intrusion, upon the dresser. "'I don't get paid enough for this,' the old woman said. "'Every day it's the same thing. Crash and clutter, crash and clutter.' And she was right. It embarrassed Penelope to realise how seldom she kept her room clean. Last night was no excuse. Even on the days the Nasher didn't come, she always got too caught up in something to remember. She tried mouthing an apology, but the old woman was too preoccupied to notice. When the room had been restored to some semblance of order, old woman turned to Penelope at last. Oh, look, you decided to join the waking world, she said, adjusting the wrinkles of her face into a smile. You don't look so good. Didn't you sleep well? Penelope shook her head. I heard you were a noisy goose last night. Some neighbours complained about your shrieking. You know that's against the rules, right? Penelope tried to explain what happened. She motioned to the window, tracing the shape of what she imagined the Nasher looked like with her hands. To simulate a mouth, she splayed her fingers, curled them like claws, and slammed her palms together. Do you understand me? said old woman, ignoring Penelope's gesticulation. She caterwauled, jabbed a finger at her throat, and shook her head. Off limits, okay? Penelope bit her lip and nodded. She took a quick shower before hurrying to breakfast. Discontented chatter filled the narrow walls of the dining room as staff arranged the residents around the table. Penelope sat on her favourite chair, and of her own volition. It was something she took pride in. Most of the residents couldn't dress, use the facilities, or even eat without someone helping them. As a result, Penelope often had to wait for staff to pacify the others before she got her own fair share of attention. Still, her relative autonomy came with its own intangible benefits. It felt nice to be a shining light for once, when most of her life she'd always been called a good-for-nothing, a chore. And what was that word her parents liked to use? Helpless. Hello, Penelope, brown-haired girl said with an eager smile. You ready to eat? Penelope couldn't help herself. She laughed, twining her fingers into knots. It was unusual to feel happy during the daytime, but brown-haired girl's smile was always so infectious. If it wasn't for the fact she didn't come round too often, Penelope thought they would have been the best of friends. Old woman pounded through the swinging doors, smoke and pungent scent of orange cleaner drifting in behind her. Mean followed next. An ample woman, Penelope knew for her crooked teeth and hostile disposition. Once they passed out the meals, old woman said, You have a new housemate. She pointed to the end of the table, 
to where a new boy sat, his eyes wide, his body shaking like a rabbit in a wolf's den. His name is Franklin. Everyone say, Hello, Franklin. Penelope formed the words with her lips. No one else even tried. In response, Franklin's eyelids fell into crescents as he grinned and waved at her, his hand a blur of motion. Penelope spent the afternoon on the back porch, draped across a lawn chair beneath the shadow of the eaves. Though she appeared relaxed, the weary glaze over her eyes revealed her true feelings. She hated the daytime. With all her neighbours gone, emptiness and quiet hovered like a fine mist over her backyard, reminding her of the solitude she felt no matter where she went. No, what she really loved was the night. That was when her neighbours returned from work or school. And with them came that electric surge of energy that made her feel alive. Because when darkness blotted out the space between them, and their windows shined bright as searchlights. She could pretend to be a part of their homes, a friend in their midst, someone who belonged. But it only came after sundown, and now even those sacred hours were spoiled by the Nash's murderous intrusions. While the sun plodded across the sky, the twinge in her chest unfolded into a shiver. For once... She dreaded the night almost as much as she longed for it. Penelope awoke with a gasp and gazed through her bedroom window. It was some time in the still dark morning, and a storm had crept across the sky. Raindrops patted her rooftop, and the trees rustled in harmony with the whistling wind. But it wasn't the placid song of nature that had startled her awake. The sound had been more violent, like broken glass scattered across pavement or snapping bone or... She threw herself from bed, stumbled to the open window. On the left-hand side, beyond the chain-link fence that marked the border of her property, the slivered yards of townhouses lay wrapped in utter darkness. To the right stood a motel-style apartment complex its solitary light buzzing and winking at her from the wall above the walkway. She held her breath, shifting her attention in a sweeping gaze from one back to the other, hoping, beyond all hope, that her ears had been mistaken. The din intensified. Rain faltered, and the wind ebbed as if the world itself had been frightened into dormancy. A sudden hush fell across the neighbourhood, boosting that solitary sound so that it echoed in her ears, crawled beneath her skin, inhabited her mind. Finally, the source of the disturbance revealed itself. Two nearly transparent figures skulked through the grass alley between her neighbour's homes their outlines dancing with the suppleness of flames. One was a hulking brute, with legs thick and round as tree trunks, and a stomach like a bulging sack. The other was a cadaverous thing, with arms as long as poles, 
whisking its jaws from side to side in Nasher's tell-tale clatter. The Nasher vaulted over the chain-link fence, and the brute followed after, clearing the top rail in a single stride. Once in Penelope's backyard, the Nasher pointed a two-long finger in her direction. I see you, little songbird, it said. She could almost feel the dagger edge of its nail press into her skull. While she had been scared before, this time fear consumed her. The air grew thick and stagnant, a shiver rooted to her spine. An animal impulse flared inside her, but she didn't have time to obey the urge to flee, or even think. Her mouth formed into a perfect O, and the riotous note from before returned, blasting through her window screen with savage fury. The Nasher gripped the lawn, its stub legs wavering behind it like a flag caught in a gale. The brute squatted, anchoring its deep legs into the ground, shielding its face with its arms. They held out for a minute longer, but then the Nasher was swept away, and the brute collapsed, flattening the fence as the swollen boulder of its body tumbled out of sight. And still Penelope sang. She had to be sure they were gone for good, for everybody's sake. Somewhere close by, she couldn't see quite where, a window banged open. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It's three in the goddamn morning! She was already awake by the time the old woman arrived. She'd been so happy with herself so proud of her accomplishment that she couldn't sleep for long. And so she simply lay in bed and waited for the sunrise, her face etched with a beatific smile. Old woman didn't return the smile. If anything, she looked irritated, evincing a spirit that reminded Penelope of mean. You did it okay, girl! Now Bossman's involved, and he's not happy. Penelope sank into her bed, pulling the covers up to hide her frown. Old woman's tone was coarse. Not nasty, or spiteful, but unpleasant in its own way. They're threatening to send you packing. He doesn't want any trouble. And it's not like we agree, but it's the neighbours. They won't stand for you shouting out the window at all hours of the night, OK? Those are the rules. The old woman pointed to her throat and shook her head. Understand? Penelope nodded. She understood, of course. But the thought of obeying sent a chill writhing down her spine. After breakfast, Penelope retired to the rec room. She made straight for the bookshelf beside the whitewashed fireplace and grabbed her favourite game, shoots and ladders. Holding the box's lid out, she paced around her housemates, hoping the vibrant image on the cover would entice someone to play. 
Curly hair sat on the tile by the entryway. So preoccupied with the plain rubber ball, she didn't even steal a glance. When Penelope walked in front of the TV, fists and frown waved her aside and shouted, Move! Blank reclined in her electric wheelchair, arms draped over her lap, facing the sliding glass door. But a cautious look at her expression showed she was in no condition to care about anything. She tried brown-haired girl and old woman last. Maybe later, they said. She didn't get her hopes up, though. The way they returned so quickly to their conversation, she knew later would be a long time coming. Penelope lowered to her knees in the centre of the carpet, unfolded the board, and placed the spinner by its side. She took three pieces in blue plastic stands and positioned them on squares where the pictures of little boys and girls were happiest. Then she watched their taunting stillness with a sigh. It was just as well no one wanted to play with her. She didn't know how to anyway. Penelope withered in the summer heat, amid brooding trees and plants drooping with exhaustion. Across the way, a cat prowled the devastation of the fence, its attention fixed on a blue jay dropping oblivious cores into the grass. She pretended to track its progress, even smiled when it dashed too soon and began to lick its paw, as if scaring the bird away had been its sole intention. But really, her mind was preoccupied with the new boy, Franklin. She watched him from the corner of her eye, as he meandered through the backyard, towing doting parents close behind him. It was the second time they'd visited that week. A jealous ache filled her up to bursting. She had no idea how long it had been since she'd last seen her own parents. A month. Maybe even a year by now. She could easily remember the last time they were together, though. How they'd hugged her, kissed her, and darted glances in her direction that were uncommonly adoring. Before bedtime, Daddy read her more than one story, and Mummy even sang a lullaby. Both tucked her into bed that night, their hands careful and deliberate, as if they were cocooning her in the safety of their own shadows. She remembered the easy way she fell asleep, a smile tugging at her cheeks that she thought might last forever. But by daybreak, Everything had changed. Suddenly, they couldn't meet her eyes and couldn't speak to her without their voices trembling. They packed the car up with a few of her things, drove her to the group home and brought her inside without a word of explanation. After her parents retreated to the porch, they watched her screaming, struggling to escape Mean's meaty grasp. Mummy cried, and Daddy's furrowed brows cast shadows over his watering eyes. Not long after, they left her behind, and never returned again. It had taken hours before the night came, blotting out her sadness along with the sunlight. 
she'd never enjoyed another daytime since. Penelope gazed through her window, her chin resting on her hand, letting another night wrap its cosy arms around her. It wasn't just a microcosm out there, it was a microcosmos. Lamps and track lights beamed like suns and stars. Vacant houses roiled with the blackness of empty space. And Penelope, the solitary planet, the lonely sphere, orbited it all. She listened as musicians strummed acoustic guitars, as televisions blared and housemates shared quick banter or ardent conversations. With eyes closed, she soaked it in, trying to pin understanding on it, trying to connect with that peaceful incoherence. Sometimes she laughed, picturing what her neighbours were doing, imagining she was a face in their crowd. When shadows or silhouettes flung out in plain sight, she even pressed her palm up to the window screen, pretending she could feel their owner's warmth. But as the night dragged on, the noise settled into a murmur. Television shut off. Guests scurried to their own homes, and even the musicians conceded to the waning hours. One by one, each light winked out. Spreading darkness, until only Penelope's lamp remained. It wasn't long before a new noise broke the silence, emerging from the horizon with slowly mounting vigour. It sounded like wolves howling, albeit tainted, unnatural in a way Penelope could feel in the pit of her quivering stomach. The moon buzzed with distress. The trees and flowers of her garden jerked from side to side, as if they were trying to uproot themselves to escape the coming madness. Penelope felt dizzy listening to it, but for once, not overwhelmed. She knew how to deal with these things, and she no longer felt afraid. Her mouth drew a circle, her stomach inflated, but just as she was about to let the song loose, she remembered old woman's warning. If she sang again, she'd be in trouble. What did that mean? Her imagination did its best to fill in the missing pieces. She pictured Mean dragging her to a car, locking her in the back seat and taking her to a strange place where she would be left behind. That's what people did when they didn't want you any more. Penelope threw herself to the floor and rolled beneath the table. She thought the howling had increased, joined by a timid whimper only to realise the latter had come from her mouth. Somehow, that was worse, a sign of how powerless she'd become. The intruders stormed the grass alley, their feet stomping with the potency of thunder. She hoped it would be loud enough to wake the neighbours, just this once, and they'd be able to protect themselves, leaving her free to hide but nothing human squeaked above the clamour. She alone knew. She alone heard.
They passed the shambles of the fence separating the yards. A second more, and they were beside the window of her sanctuary, her very room. She heard moans, snivels, sighs, hisses, and hollow tinny whispers, all distinct and yet riding on the same air of malevolence. They passed through her window screen, and for the first time Penelope saw them clearly. Even if she could have formulated a description, words fell short of the reality. Crooked, bent, scarred, ugly, writhing masses, each term no better than a child's doodle of a sunset. The urge to sing grew strong within her. Her gut bloated. Her throat widened, and only lodging a fist deep into her mouth kept the song from rising. The Nasher pushed through the gathering crowd. It sunk down beside Penelope's hiding place and thrust its face forward. Fever warmth radiated from its skin against her ear. Where's your voice now, little songbird? The Nasher said slicing her cheek with the tip of its finger. The others tittered with amusement. As if emboldened by their reaction, the Nasher slid its hand over her chest, curling its fingers above the frantic beating of her heart. It smiled a malicious smile. Goodbye. Little songbird, it said, and thrust its hand deep inside her. Cold, flooded Penelope, chilling her down to the marrow in her bones. Goosebumps fled across her skin, but she felt nothing else, nothing close to pain. She stared at the Nasher with wide-eyed confusion, the hand she crammed into her mouth barely holding in place. You should be dead, the Nasher said, eyes stricken. It yanked its hand free of her and threw a befuddled look at the others. She should be dead! All eyes locked upon Penelope. Penelope shuddered. She bit into her hand, but the strain became too great for her to hold back any longer. The song burst from her mouth with the raw power of a hurricane, launching the intruders into the air and through the walls and ceiling. Penelope scrambled to the window. She gathered them into her line of sight, each one thrashing helplessly as they thumped against the backyard lawn and unleashed the song again. Some crumbled into dust, some rattled and shattered like resonated glass. The Nasher's skin was devoured by blisters before its flesh fell off and its bones collapsed into a heap of broken fragments. But Penelope didn't stop. She meant it to hurt, meant to keep them away for good, to encircle the neighbourhood with a protective wall of sound. While her song echoed into the night 
a few lights spilled from her neighbour's windows. Silhouettes draped upon their shades and curtains, and she placed a hand against her window screen. Oh, my God, shut up! Seriously, this has gone on too long. Go away! Penelope snatched her hand away. The song faded from her throat, leaving a swollen ache in its place. She lifted two fingers to the blood pooling on her cheek, but instead of wiping it away, she pressed hard into her face. Her neighbours, they didn't understand, and that hurt her worse than any wound the Nasha could have inflicted. True to old woman's warning, Bossman acted swiftly. Old woman and brown-haired girl helped Penelope pack her things into two boxes, big enough for her meagre wardrobe and an assortment of odds and ends. They led Penelope through the hallway, backed by the looming presence of Mean, past the rec room, past the dining room, and past the eyes of her oblivious housemates. Penelope began to cry. It's not so bad, said old woman. Your new place is nice. It's just isolated. It'll be more peaceful if you ask me. No more blather or music playing at ungodly hours of the night. You might finally get a good night's rest. You'll see. You'll love it there. And that's where I work for most of the week, so you and I will have a chance to visit each other more often, said brown-haired girl. When they reached the entryway, Penelope turned to face the long stretch of the banishment corridor. She pushed her gaze through the sliding glass door, beyond the men fixing the torn-up remnants of the backyard lawn and fence, to her neighbours' homes. One last look, and never again. From the corner of the rec room, Franklin popped his head. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
into view, grinning with careless joy. He waved with more than just his hand. His whole body shook from the effort. It dawned on Penelope then. This was worse than just the loss of another home, another place of belonging. When she left, everyone else would be defenceless. She threw her teddy bear aside and ran to Franklin, struggling to balance her unsteady footfalls. Oh, Lord, we got a runner, said old woman. I'll get her, said brown-haired girl, dropping her box. Once Penelope stood before Franklin, she stared into his eyes, picturing intruders and forcing understanding into his mind. She motioned to the backyard and the black line of the horizon far beyond it. He turned in that direction, and she kissed him on the cheek, her lips tingling on his skin. Why, and to what effect, she hadn't a clue. But she had to believe whatever had given her the power to fight intruders had now been shared with Franklin. Franklin touched his cheek with his fingertips and waved goodbye as brown-haired girls steered Penelope down the hallway. Mean yanked the front door open, muttering words Penelope didn't bother hearing. For a moment... She could almost see her parents standing on the porch, still grieving, yet still unrelenting in their decision. The last time she saw them, she'd cried. But now, she fixed them with a steely gaze, remembering all the things she'd done in just this week alone. She wasn't helpless. She never had been. Like her neighbours. They just didn't understand. With that, she strode through the door, dispelling their apparitions, and into the light of another solemn morning. If, dear listeners, you would like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F website, our Facebook page, or on Twitter. We love hearing from you, our listeners, and we want to know your thoughts on our content. Please remember that Farfetched Fables operates under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International Licence, which means you can download the content and share it all you like, but you can't change it and you can't sell it. And please be sure to give credit where that credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the authors, and violators will be visited by the Nasher. As you may have heard or read on the Farfetched Fables page, we are going on hiatus. It is unclear how long we will be on hiatus. The Farfetched Fables lady will be going to sleep. Our next show, show 188, will be our last for a while. I hope you'll tune in and listen with us. I'm off to go and feed various pets and children. I'll see you all in two weeks' time. Bye now. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.wonders.com. 
districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 